Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Juliet, who is your personal brand coach. She helps entrepreneurs embrace and unleash their inner celebrity so they can grow a raving fandom through their personal brand. And when she isn't helping you write your story, website, or sales copy, she's reading celebrity memoirs, watching reality TV, and spending time with her family, friends, and dog, Morocco. I love that name for your dog, by the way. Thank you. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's a joy. Yeah. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about your story, kind of why do you love personal branding so much? I guess we can start there. Yeah. So I'll take it back to the days of high school when everyone was trying to find themselves and figure out their self-expression, who they're supposed to be in the world. Um, And one thing that stuck out to me in my English classes is that I was whizzing through writing assignments when everyone else seemed to be struggling. So I knew that I had that strength. But once I got to college, I didn't really know exactly what to do with it in a practical way, because I thought I wasn't going to be, you know, the next Stephen King or anything. I didn't have that passion, but I still wanted to use um, what my gift was. So I got my degree in journalism because I thought that was a smart practical thing to do. Um, And in my college days, I took a class in copywriting, where we were writing ads for um, radio and TV. And it felt like the most purposeful thing that I had ever done. Um, I loved that it was creative, it was solving like a business need and a business problem. And so then the idea to go into marketing just kind of started to grow in my head. But I was also doing photography on the side and I worked retail and I loved helping people feel good about themselves. Like that's always a strong theme in photography is helping somebody just feel great about how they look. Same in retail, helping women pick out, you know, the perfect dress for an event. Um, I loved just kind of that one-on-one encouragement. And I didn't think that writing fit into that in any way, shape or form until I started doing what I'm doing now. So when I graduated with my journalism degree, I was just looking for, you know, the first job that I could get, which was kind of marketing, but also receptionist. Like my time in corporate America was very much admin slash marketing. It was all those hybrid roles of like, how can we squeeze the most out of a young (laughs) creative that, you know, likes to work with people. And so I would join a company like bright eyed and bushy tailed, so excited for, you know, the opportunity. And then there wouldn't be a lot of opportunity for growth. And there wasn't a lot of like nurturing of my creative side because I was working in places that didn't have marketing departments. They didn't really have anything like that. So it was kind of the bare minimum of like designing flyers or newsletters, but not anything, you know, no big campaigns like you'd find in the agency world. And so I just kind of bounced around. And after a few years, it just kind of dawned on me, like no one's going to just hand me a writing job out of nowhere. Like I haven't been writing in a long time. How am I going to cultivate that passion again and get back to doing what I really want to do instead of just looking for 
a different job every couple of years in roles that really aren't the best fit for me. And so I decided to just do what I feel like most entrepreneurs do and find a way. And I started writing articles on medium.com. I wrote some articles on LinkedIn. I was like the only like 24 year old still hanging out on LinkedIn while everybody else was on Snapchat. And I was like, I don't know, LinkedIn's cool. (laughs) And so I started writing and I strongly believe that when you put good things out into the world that it, it gets noticed. And so even within probably the first five articles I wrote on Medium, one of them went viral. And I was talking about being a receptionist and how when candidates would come in for interviews, if they were rude to me, that that would impact their chance of getting a job because, you know, I would talk to the hiring managers about it. So that was one of my articles that went viral. And that just kind of really encouraged me to keep writing. But of course, I wanted to do it in a way that would make me some money. So I started a blog about my hometown in Greenville, South Carolina, just to kind of build a portfolio. And then I got freelance writing clients from there. And that was just the best thing in the universe to be actually paid to help other people with you know, their newsletters, their websites, their sales copy and all of that. And I loved it. So I quit corporate America and I started my copywriting business. And then as I started working more with solopreneurs that, you know, needed website copy, they needed some help on LinkedIn. I just got really passionate about the niche of working with individuals versus bigger B2B companies, bigger brands. I love just working one-on-one with people. So that is the long story long, um, but that's how I got into what I'm doing today. And it shifted from primarily copywriting into personal brand coaching, where I'm not just writing about their business. I'm really digging into who they are as a person because as solopreneurs, you know, the business is them, they are the business and using their personality as their greatest advantage. I love that. That's why I was so excited to have you on because I think like a lot of times it's either branding or copy. And I feel like you put the two together in such a fun and different way. And I think it's a good conversation for a lot of like people who listen to this podcast who are more introverted. And like, it can be scary to, you know, if you have no desire to be in the spotlight, how do you kind of balance that? Because we have to get noticed. We have to like show up. We have to build a personal brand and put ourselves out there. And I know a lot of a lot of my listeners do struggle with that. Yeah, I, I find this to be so much the case with introverts. And even as myself, I know for me, when I left corporate America, I was like, I can be whoever I want to be. And I was so excited to have the freedom like I, you know, was wearing leggings and leather jackets, and just so excited to, you know, not have to wear any like business attire and just not feel like I had to report to anybody. And that was awesome. But Then I find with myself and other introverts, we start then freaking out like, but what do the big clients expect of me? And what are the people that are going to, you know, sign bigger proposals? Like, are they wearing suits? So I have to wear suits again, or I want to have a luxury brand. So I need to have my brand colors be like white and gold or something like they start to kind of, yes, think about their audience and what their audience wants, but they kind of shut down little pieces of themselves to try to fit the mold of what they think like higher paying clients are going to be looking for. And then they also really freak out about talking about themselves online in any way, shape or form. (laughs) And so the most thing that I hear from people is that they, they have that fear that they just kind of want to hide And they want to do things perfectly and that they just kind of really get into their head of like, what's the right thing to do? And my response to that is it doesn't have to be so high risk 
because also I think introverts, especially in creative businesses, are also thinking through talking about their services a lot. But then they hear, okay, tell stories. Don't just you know talk about your offers. But then hearing, okay, tell stories, they're like, but what's interesting about me? What's exciting about me? Like it feels like you know freshman ice cream social of like, what's a fun fact about you? And they're like, <laughs> I don't know, you know. And so the joy for me is to partner with those people and give them an opportunity and space to, I ask a lot of questions that makes them think about stuff that they haven't thought about and kind of break down those barriers of the fear of, instead of worrying about what everyone else is thinking, just what feels good to you? What do you like? What do you want to talk about? What are you excited about? And um, just kind of encouraging their self-expression and that personality to come out in a way that's not so fear-based. I love that you said about the uh, share a fun fact, because that's like my biggest fear and slash pet peeve where if I hear the words, okay, let's go around the room and everyone share a fun fact Mm -hmm. about themselves. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Let's, let's think about this. And hopefully I have enough time to think something up before they get to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then someone else says something that sounds like way more fun than what you were going to say. And then you're like, well, my fun fact is fun anymore because that person's been to all 50 states or like whatever it is. And I find that introverts always think that somebody else has something that they don't have. Like if somebody is showing up online all the time, they're like, oh, well, they were the popular girl in high school or that just comes naturally to them or they must love, you know, Instagram so much. Like they think that other people just have this innate something that they don't have. But I think in reality, those other people, it could be true. They could just have a little bit more of a propensity for that. But they also just put the work in. They choose to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so much mindset that goes into it. And like being able to share your stories and share pieces of yourself. And I like what you said at the beginning too, about like, if you, it's good to think about your audience and like, you know, your, your brand style, but if it doesn't really align to who you are, it can kind of dilute your personal brand and the way that you show up. Yeah, it can take over and it's just, it can turn into fear-based thinking. And um, I encourage people to be personal, not just be like a business owning persona. And I think with just the oversaturation that we see of like ads or people that are like crazy successful, but they're saying, you know, like just buy my course and your life is going to be perfect. Like everyone thinks that they have to do what everyone else is doing to have the same level of success as they are having. But I think running a business kind of from the inside out is a lot more fulfilling when you are true to yourself and then working with clients that are also going to naturally align with you. It's just easier. Like when you think about who your friends are, not to be in like an echo chamber of like-minded people, but your closest friends are most likely going to be people that you have some things in common with, that you have some, you know, relatability with. And in the online world, you don't find that unless you share it. Yeah, that is such a good point. So I'm curious because I always tell like almost everyone, like I'm always saying how hiring a brand coach, hiring a copywriter, I think those are two of the most important people you could ever hire for your business, especially if you are a service provider or a personal brand, because especially if you're an introvert, I think everyone should hire a brand coach and, and or a copywriter. But I think especially if you are more introverted and it's hard for you to get out of your head and tell mm-hmm. your story in a way that lights you up and makes you feel good. I think you're you're just going to get so much benefit from that. So I'm curious what your thoughts are around when somebody should hire 
either a brand coach or a copywriter. And also, because I've seen a lot of people go into it and they hire somebody, but they aren't necessarily as prepared for that as they could have been. So if they didn't actually get the results, I know like a few times when I had copy done, I wasn't as prepared. Like I didn't have the offer as set as I should have, or like had everything figured out. So I should have waited a little bit to have more clarity around that. But I would be curious to hear your thoughts around that. Yeah, I love this question. I think this is great. So I completely agree with you that timing is everything. And I have run into that sometimes where people are wanting to hire me, but they have not had one client. And they seem to kind of think like branding is important. Obviously, that's what I do for life. But I do feel like generating some business in kind of a scrappy way is important to just kind of get the ball rolling and even see if you like it. Because I think sometimes people think like, okay, if I brand myself perfectly, and I start marketing what I think that I want to be doing, then it's going to sell. And then you know, my business is going to be on autopilot. If that's done too early, I don't think that's really an organic way to do it. I prefer people who have kind of been doing it. They've been scrappy for a while. They know that their offers are selling. They've kind of found their niche a little bit. They they know that their offers can sell, but they are missing maybe some personality in, in their brand. Like maybe they've just been kind of working on LinkedIn. They might have kind of a generic website, but they're making some money, but they're ready to like level up and like really stand out work on their positioning, make it clear what defines them outside of everybody else. But they've had some business so far. I think that that's the better way to do it, in my personal opinion. As far as timeline, which I know you didn't ask specifically about timeline. But apart from that, I found sometimes it just takes a couple years of business to really solidify exactly where that is. And so I found my best clients are usually two to five years in business, they've been hustling, and they have kind of learned what makes them a little bit different. They just need help saying it differently and in a more confident way. I love that. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I feel like a lot of times, especially solopreneurs, like, I mean, thinking back how many times I've pivoted, or at least the first few years, like, I was trying different things, trying to figure it out. So there's a lot of trial and error. And if I had like, invested in getting like everything perfectly polished and in place for my brand. Like I didn't even know what I was going to be doing (laughs) the next couple of months. So yeah, I love that you said that. That's how it's been for me. I mean, I've reinvented a couple of times and I have even just, it's taken a while to find my exact place too. And I think that that's kind of just how it goes for people. And that's okay. I think the biggest struggle is if someone is hoping that like the perfect marketing is what's going to drive their business before they ever have a client, that's that's my concern. But if someone has been doing it and they just kind of have like website guilt, like <laughs> they have clients, but they're embarrassed to send people to their website. And so instead they spend more time, you know, on sales calls or in the DMs or something because they just don't want to send someone on their website, then that's the time to invest in someone and then be proud to, you know, showcase your work and show off your brand and things like that. Yeah, I love that. And I I love that you have what you call the icon framework. I absolutely love mm-hmm. like that name. Can you share a little bit more about like what that means or what that is? Yes. So the icon framework is what I use. Um, I say that I want all of my clients want to, you know, unleash their inner celebrity and grow raving fandom, but also I want them to be the icon of their 
history and them like themselves who they are as a person is what makes them iconic it is not about necessarily putting like their best foot forward being the most dressed up being the most glamorous having the most credentials it is just about taking their place because if you think about any artists like musicians everybody has their favorite like nobody chooses their favorite artist based on like the number of grammys that they've won you just like who you like because you like who you like um, so it's still about unleashing that personality. And so the first part of the icon framework is identity that comes first. And then connection is the second step of that framework, which dives into the audience. The third is offer, gotta have a solid offer. And then N is the nurturing. So just putting yourself out there over and over in, you know, relatable ways to connect with the audience. But I specifically wanted identity to be the first part of the icon framework. Because again, audience is important, but audience is not everything because otherwise everyone has the same generic, you know, marketing (laughs) messages to reach the same audience. Like we're all fighting for most of the time, the same audience, right? So the only way we can stand out is through our identities. I love that. Yeah. Because if you put the audience first, again, you're going to end up diluting your own authentic self and your own identity and... Yeah, I love that you've you've put that first. And that's like the first piece that needs to be clarified before then you can feel like I have my identity. I know who I am. I know what I want to do. Now let's take that into thinking about my audience. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I started asking everyone this on the podcast and then I kind of stopped for a little bit and I want to get back into it. So I'm curious for your business and how you show up and how you find clients or make connections. What is your favorite marketing platform or method for your business right now? Yes. So mine is LinkedIn and it's been LinkedIn for a long, long time. I have tried to, I've done Facebook a little bit. I've done Instagram, but LinkedIn just continues to be my, my sole place. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I just find it so easy to post content on LinkedIn. It's my favorite place to go. (laughs) And also, I know that that is where my audience is and that's where I can find them. Since of course, with LinkedIn, you can search by job title So if I want to work with life coaches or therapists, I can find them on LinkedIn in an extremely proactive way. And that works very well for my introverted nature. At the beginning of my business, a lot of it was in Facebook groups, you know, just different copywriting groups, different entrepreneur groups. But it always made me a little anxious that I would have to wait for somebody in a Facebook group to say, you know, who knows a copywriter? And then I have to, you know, throw my link in with like 50 other people (laughs) that are all wanting, you know, the same job. And that just, that stressed me out. They didn't feel good to me. And plus, sometimes I think in Facebook groups, it feels a little anonymous, like you're just in this kind of big group of people and you don't really know anybody online, especially when there's thousands of people in there. Whereas on LinkedIn, I am all about creating kind of one-on-one personal connection, but in a very low risk way. Like I, every intro that I make on LinkedIn is I make it fun. I do make it a little bit icebreakery, but in a very chill way. So when I connect with somebody on LinkedIn that I might be interested in working with, my goal is to just get them in my ecosystem. Like I want to know them, I want them to know me. And so I'm a huge music nerd. So I always ask them like, what's the song that you're loving right now? Or what's the song that I should add to my playlist? And I get answers most of the time. (laughs) Um, And people will just tell me, you know, what they're listening to. And that tells me a lot about them. And then they'll generally ask, you know, what I'm listening to. And it, it always changes. But I get to kind of connect on that. And that's, really fun for me. And then some people, they are chatty and they want to keep the conversation going. And so we get talking and then eventually we do a networking call. I have like a 15 minute 
call that's called actually social. And the purpose of that is to kind of say like, Hey, let's actually be social since we're on social media. Like let's make a little bit closer of a connection. But on that call, I make it very clear that it's not for any sales. It's not for pitches. When I have those 15 minute calls, I just say like, Hey, what's your life story? And I will listen to them share their life story for like seven minutes. (laughs) And then I'll share my life story. And it is very much just making that personal connection and getting to know them as a human. I don't, you know, I'm not interested in sharing my specific services. I'm not interested in hearing like their elevator pitch. It's just very low risk. And that kind of one-on-one mindset has worked really well for me. And that's what I have enjoyed. But LinkedIn's my favorite because Facebook, I love Facebook, but it's just a different place where it's like on Facebook, I'll post something about personal branding and people don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) My (laughs) friends and family are like, I'm so happy for you, but I don't know what this is. Um, which is just precious. And then Instagram, I, I go a little bit manic with Instagram, like once a year where I am posting like every other day, every single thing that I'm doing. And then I will get off for like eight months. And I just (laughs) did that. Like I was just on Instagram every day for a month straight. And then I just was like, peace out. I'll be back later. I mean, I still have the account, but like I deleted it from my phone because it just Instagram it's too much sometimes. So yeah, it can be overwhelming. Instagram can be very overwhelming. Yes. For an, like, it's a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah. The output for me just to create content on Instagram, it's fun for a little bit and then it gets so draining to keep up with. I'm a writer. So it's just easier for me to like write my sporadic thought on LinkedIn, maybe copy it to Facebook, but Instagram, then it's like, I mean, with threads, I thought that threads was going to give me hope because I was like, oh, I can just copy and paste my stuff from LinkedIn onto threads. And then it's going to create the graphic for Instagram. Perfect. Because I'm never getting around to creating like graphics for Instagram, you know, for my LinkedIn content, like even to repurpose it, it just doesn't happen. Um, so I had hope with threads. And then like the first post that I went to copy and paste over was like way too long. And I was like, never mind. I'm not, I'm not with it. Never mind. <laughs> You can easily, I, I was just going to ask you about threads, actually. <laughs> it's like you're saying about you love, you know, as a writer. So yeah. with threads, you could actually copy and paste it. And then like, you just have to hit enter a few times and it'll actually post it as like one post with like multiple Ooh. threads underneath it. Does it do like a carousel? Kind of, but it's more like um, vertical than. Okay. Like, Okay. All right. Well, I'll try it again. I'll try it again based on that knowledge. <laughs> and and they'll all show up. Like if somebody goes to your profile, um, they won't have to click on the first part of it to read the rest. It'll all show up because it, you posted it at the same time. So it's basically like a, Ooh. yeah, like breaking it up, but then it's, it looks like it's all together. <laughs> okay. I'll try again. Cause yeah, but I, I got excited about threads for like two seconds, but then I was like, is this going to happen? Like it did with clubhouse where I was super excited about clubhouse mm-hmm. for like two weeks and I got over it. But with threads, it's funny because like I had to look up something about posting to threads and somebody, I saw an article that was like trying to figure out threads as a millennial is the same thing as like boomers trying to save a PDF (laughs) or something. And I was like, oh, great. Glad that I reached that level of like, I need to Google how to use threads. But it's so funny. One of my first posts on threads was like, okay, I feel really old asking this, but how are is everyone posting um gifs or gifs or however you say it oh, yeah. on threads i was like are, do you have these all like saved to your phone like where are they coming from mm-hmm. and then 
somebody shared um, that you can add the Jiffy keyboard to your phone. And I was like, my mind is blown. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea. I felt so old in that moment. See, that's one of those things that I use Flowdesk for my newsletter. And I like Flowdesk because it has like a add a GIF option. And Mm. anytime I've thought about like switching to another email service provider, you have to like drag and drop the GIF. And I'm like, I don't like that. So I've stayed with Flowdesk because I'm just like, I like this one feature to add a GIF. And other people are like, that seems really arbitrary. And I'm like, I know, but it's the one feature that I like that they made easy. So they have me for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's the simplest features that is like, this is my bet, the best thing ever. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Awesome. So I would uh, love for you to share about your upcoming uh, 28-day personal branding challenge that's happening in September. Yes. So this is for the introverts because people ask me all the time, like, how do I share more personal stories? Because, you know, depending on how old you are, you have like probably a few decades of life to think through and sift through and decide what you're going to pull out to share you know, on social media. So my 28 day challenge, it's kind of similar to the Instagram challenges that people used to do, where every day there would be a prompt of like, you know, show me what's outside your window or like take a picture of a a book you're reading. Um, It's like that, except it's storytelling focused. So it's called the invisible to icon challenge. It's 28 days, and it's hosted within a Slack community. And every single day at 9am, there's a prompt. And so that prompt becomes the kind of foundation for the post of that day. So for example, I'll ask a question like, what makes you cry? That is not something that anyone decides to just share on social media willy nilly. Um, But with that prompt, they kind of start thinking about it. And it's really cool to see what everyone's answer is, because some people, it might be soldiers coming home and like being reunited that way. And they feel really attached to that because maybe like their dad was in the military. Other people, it's like baptisms, and they start sharing about their faith. And just different things like that, that are just fun stories that a lot of people will relate to online, but it's not something that somebody would think to share. I ask other questions about like, what did you love doing as a kid? And that just gets people excited to talk about that. Or I even ask some like philosophical questions, like what's a mindset that's changed since you were younger? I love the mindset question because so many things just come out of that. But it's basically a way to start thinking about personal stories that you can share and get out of the analysis paralysis of thinking like what's important to my audience and it's just like you know what this was the prompt today I'm going to answer it and see what happens and um, people have had some really cool results from it at first people are always like but what's the business point and I'm like forget the business point just share personally and see what happens and I have had people in the challenge get like over 8,000 impressions on their LinkedIn posts I've had people get like DMs from prospects or whatever that were just kind of like watching them. And then they were like, Hey, I loved what you shared about teaching your daughter how to drive or whatever it is. And it's just an interesting different angle to take on things instead of making everything business all the time. I love that. That's I'm going to sign up for that. I know the wait list is open right now. um, So we're going to have that link in the show notes. I'm definitely going to sign up for this. I want to participate. (laughs) It sounds awesome. Yeah. I'd love to have you. I love a really good prompt. Like they always get me thinking. I, I That's why I love prompts. It's like, oh, this is an interesting question. And it always like gets your brain going, which I love and pulls out stories that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of. Yes, it's a training wheel because I feel like when people start thinking about sharing personally online, 
they tell their, you know, maybe the story of like how they got into business, which is good, but they share that kind of a few times and then they're like, okay, well, you know, I've, I've run, I've let this one run its course. Or they're like, I'm drinking my coffee this morning. Do you drink coffee? Like I do like, (laughs) you know, that's kind of all they have. Or for me specifically, I always try to share things. I email my list on Monday and I talk about what I did that weekend because that's just easy for me to like personally tell what I did that weekend. Because if I try to share something during the week, I'm just kind of like, I don't know, I did client work. What do you want from me? (laughs) It's harder for me to think of personal things to share. But if I'm kind of giving a weekend recap, then people have a little bit more of an insight into my life and my lifestyle and things that I'm up to that they, you know, find entertaining that they relate to. And it just it creates a personal connection, Mm -hmm. which is so important. Like if you're a service provider, if you're a coach, if you're a personal brand in any way, like people want to hear these stories and actually connect with you. Like I've hired a lot of like team members and it's not the best portfolio necessarily. It's like, oh, I'm reading their content and I can like really connect with this person. Like, this is funny. This is interesting. This is a unique story on this post. And that is what is going to get me to be like, okay, this is somebody that I need to like book a call with. (laughs) Yes. I always relate it to like the in-person, like, who are you more likely to work with? Are you going to work with, like, let's say you're looking for a real estate agent or something. And you pass a billboard every day with like some guy in a suit and tie. And he's like number one real estate agent in your city or something. Are you going to work with him because you just see his face all the time and you know that he's a real estate agent? Or are you going to hire like the mom that you met at your kid's soccer game who you chatted (laughs) with, you know, for a while and you rubbed shoulders with and you find out that she's a real estate agent and you have a million things in common? You're probably going to work with her because you've established some sense of trust based on just things that you, you relate to versus the guy who's doing his marketing perfectly. And that's kind of what I always say is like, it doesn't happen quite as organically online unless you put yourself out there. So my whole, I think purpose is just to give people permission to express themselves online and build those personal connections the same way they would in real life, but online instead of just falling into the thought that they have to have, you know, perfect marketing messages. I love that. Yeah. And it's so much easier for us introverts to do it online versus in person. So really going all in on this and being more open and willing to share your story, it's just going to pay off so much. And I I, I love this. Yeah. I'm definitely signing up for the challenge. So anyone who wants to join me, um, go check out the show notes. We will have the link to the challenge for September and then all of Juliet's other links for you to check out and connect with her. Thank you so much. This was awesome to chat with you today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarareed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.